This week, I don't have the benefit of Lindsay's hilarity or the um, the foundation that PJ brings to the RV Small Talk podcast. No, I'm shooting from the hip. You'll get that later. You'll get it. Trust me. But I brought in a friend and you have heard her on the podcast before, but this is totally different. Kate Dunbar is with me today for the next episode of the RV Small Talk podcast. And she's done a pivot, y'all. Things are different. She has been working on something you're going to want to know about. So stay tuned. Welcome to the RV Small Talk podcast, where we talk about lightweight trailers, truck campers, and the people, places, and adventures that go along with them. We, I mean, me, are, am, your host from Princess Craft RV. I'm Clint, and I don't have Lindsay. I don't have PJ, so bear with me today. But I do have, who do I have? You have Kate Dunbar here with you. All right, so it's going to be more than okay, y'all. Trust me, hold on to the seat of your pants, stay in the saddle, okay? So, um... If you would like show notes for this episode or any of our past episodes, please head over to rvsmalltalk.com or join us on our Facebook page or even better, our Facebook group. RV Small Talk Community is a Facebook group where you can talk about your your own adventures, have your questions shared, whatever. Or you can always email your questions or thoughts to questions at rvsmalltalk.com. Either way, I'm really getting tired of just me on the microphone. So let's dive right on in. Kate. You're, Hello. You ready? I'm ready. Kate, when I click this button, magic happens. Here we go. I heard a thousand stories. 1883, new series streaming December 19th on Paramount Plus. I get teary every time I see that. <laughs> now, obviously, I need to cut most of that out for the actual podcast so that we don't get in trouble with copyright. But wow. Kate, we haven't seen much of you lately. Where have you been? I have been on the production of Taylor Sheridan and Paramount Plus's 1883, the prequel to the Yellowstone television show. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. How did this happen? It happened with a phone call from a friend who is a chef. And she said, hey, there's this thing. We need an over-the-fire chef. You're the only person I know. Are you willing to um, pack up your kids and yourself, put yourself in your trailer and get to this ranch and cook for like the next 16 days? Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Kind of question mark. Right. right, Tell me. I don't know. (laughs) Like, I mean, there wasn't a lot of info. It was you got 48 hours. You got to be here. That's what my next question was. What was the next amount of time? It was 48 48 hours hours to pack up my house, pack up my kids, pack up our trailer you know, get our cats to, you know, mm-hmm. boarding, mm-hmm. get everything situated, pay some bills yeah. and get on the road and go to work. Remind remind the listeners, your kids. Uh, Paige and Andrew are 14 year old twins. Uh-huh. uh-huh. Yep. So that's that's hard for anybody. It's hard for anybody. And it was that period of um, they were just getting ready to start eighth grade. Yeah. We were cutting timeline with school real close, like when I knew that this job would be done, we would come home and three days later they would turn and be in school. Oh my gosh. Okay. Now it's been, it's been quite some time since we've had you on. Yeah. And so I'm about to ask some, what happened in between? Because th- it's a bit of a setup for this adventure you're on right now. It is. And, and so I'm sorry. Oh no. But I'm going to ask you what, why do we lose track of you? Well, you lose track of me one because i had a crazy job that mm-hmm. turned into an a, a dream of a lifetime that i never realized i had right and when my cooking position closed down my children and i were actually asked to become members of the cast of the show as primary core background okay. for this show okay and i kind of sat there with my kids and you know we talked and we talked and we talked and, uh, you know, I said, I have no idea how long it is. I have no idea what our roles are. Yeah. I have no idea where we're going. I don't know anything. We've just been asked and we need to be in wardrobe tomorrow if this is a go. So you say, kids, do we want to adventure together? Yeah. Because this is a once in a lifetime thing. It pretty much, that's what it came down to. And like my daughter, Paige, the, you know, she she's the one-liner kid. She's fabulous. I wish she had lines in this show because she could totally deliver it. Yeah. 
But she was like, well, you didn't kill us on our month long summer trip in the RV. Maybe we can do this one, too. That's well, one brilliant. Month, one month in a trailer with two teenagers has now turned into almost four months. Oh, man. And we're still going. We oh, will finish filming just before Christmas. Okay. So you were hired as the over fire cook. Yep. For the production. That means you do what? So my job um, was during cowboy camp. And that was when Taylor Sheridan brought in all the lead actors. So Sam Elliott, Faith Hill, Tim McGraw, LaMonica Garrett, and then the secondary core primary actors. They came in. All of the wranglers that worked with the horses, that drove the wagons, mm -hmm. that worked with the cattle, um, a few of the production people. And for two weeks, they immersed themselves in cowboy camp. You have actors that have never seen a horse uh -huh. or never ridden a horse or who have ridden all their life. Right. With, the with whole this, the whole. I mean, right. it is across the spectrum. And so 12 hours a day, six days a week. They're writing. They're going from basic tack to learn what it is. This is not your week-long dude ranch. No, this is, you know, actors coming in and barely being able to sit down because yeah. they've been worked so hard and it's so intense because they've they got... They know the meaning of saddle source. They definitely do. And there's a few of them who like, I became friends with and I would be like, oh, you know, you can go into the walk-in and just go sit down on the floor in there uh -huh. and you'll love and they would just be like oh thank you really <laughs> thank just you to, just to cool their biscuits cold. <laughs> <laughs> yeah because it's cold and so <laughs> so we had that and so that would be um breakfast lunch and dinner breakfast was eight lunch was noon dinner was five um and it was for anywhere between 80 to 150 people three meals a day my job was anything that had to be grilled or smoked that was my area so i had a huge 500 gallon propane tank that had been converted you know into 500 a 500 gallon propane tank big for, yeah and then it had one of those smoker boxes that were off to the side of it too so mm -hmm. it was one of those big l-shaped ones right i have never cooked on one of those before like nothing Are that you good at big. it now i'm so good <laughs> at it now like i was like i could i could get a rig like that and i could throw this out yeah. but i mean it's one of those things of i had to develop different hours i mean this is not just a nine to five like there were days where i was working 24 36 hours at a time because you have so many briskets on there you this have is why so, you're cooking like, for everyone and you haven't you haven't gone into the acting no aspect. not this at is all pre-acting this is pre-acting and then this is just feeding the masses yep on is, a hollywood set on a hollywood set in weatherford texas on taylor's sheridan ranch so you know i mean well, on the silverado ranch can we give a, a time perspective what time of year was this in sheridan texas it, well, in in um in Weatherford, in Weatherford. where where uh -huh. the arena is, like we're current day when we're doing all of the cowboy camp stuff. Okay, yeah. yeah. But when we transition to set, we are eighteen eighty three. Uh -huh. There is, we'll be able to talk about it and share some of the set secrets okay. and all of that. Um, but literally, cowboy camp closed down. There was a one week break that was bringing in all of the other actors, bringing mm -hmm. in all of the trucks and trailers from paramount that were driving across texas and getting ready here um and so i went home with yeah. my children because like my job was done but then it was you get a phone call you got 24 hours and then you got to be in dallas to go be fitted in your wardrobe and your costume and they then like you working with you and your kids they liked they, you being there they really i think that because my children have been they're part of that camping community and that lifestyle. They know how to keep themselves entertained. Mm -hmm. They gr have grown up around adults. So they know whenever, especially now, the great part was my children have never seen me work before. They've never seen me give a class. They've never seen me do anything like okay. that. And this was the first time for them to really see it. Like, oh, yeah, mom gets up at three o'clock in the morning is working, you know, up in the kitchens or out on the fire. And, you know, yeah. they would come on out with me and just watch it all happen. And so the whole part of me accepting that with the kid's blessing was I'm not cooking, but yet I got to do a little bit of food styling on the show uh -huh. too. So the, like they know my talents. They food know what I can do. Food styling on the show. Does that mean the show that shows up on camera? Yes. Oh. Yes. So whenever you do see food in, in seafood? any. Seafood? No, wait, sorry. <laughs> there was some seafood, but that was like craft services. So, you know, that, that never hit the scene. But, you know, that's part of the props department is what a food stylist does. And they're the ones who place food on the set, whether it's real or not. Mm 
Um, Taylor wants all food to be edible. Any piece of food that is on his mm-hmm. sets, he or someone must be able to come on over at any time and just eat it. Okay. So that took a lot of work. Um, some of the people have never, you know, rough chopped things. In the beginning, when I was being filmed with my character and I'm chopping stuff, one of the assistants came on over and he's like, you really got to stop that. And I'm like, what am I doing wrong? He's yeah, like, you're he's cooking like, it like a chef. He's a like, you're, chef. you're, you're cutting perfect dices. Like you're, do- it's like, no, 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 no. you got to hack this stuff up. I'm like, oh my gosh, you know, uh, it's those kind of little things okay. that you forget about, but you know, it, that's how it transitioned. And you know, there we are. And my trailer went right back to Silverado ranch and parked on there. And then we drove to set and you're using your own trailer yes yes okay remind the listeners what you're rocking right now i have a 2021 airstream flying cloud 25 Mm -hmm. foot and thank god i ordered the one with the twin beds Mm -hmm. because that's literally what's saving my butt right now with with the kids kids, with the kids because Paige is up in one of the twin beds with me andrew has the fold-out sofa that becomes the bed sure so he has his area she has her area and whenever they can get their space they get their space and the good thing is is like there's the curtain that closes so like i can be outside and sometimes i film longer than they do so they go back to the trailer and it's like they draw the curtain he has her you know his space she has her space and it's been working, yeah. but it's the, wow, people who do this full time, I don't know if I could. Right. I really right. don't. It's really difficult to have teenagers and living in a 25 foot trailer. It okay. would be definitely to toy hauler, Absolutely. goose, like one sure. of those kind of things that would be happening. I couldn't do it with this. So I have so many questions. I could go so many, so many directions. Uh, one of them, I guess, is, I mean... Now that that you and your kids are acting on this as well, are you still cooking for everyone? No, I'm not. And that's probably one of the hardest things for me because whenever I see Crafty and I see some of the food that they're producing, I, you know, I've got to have a bit of arrogance about me and go, I'd do it better. Yeah. You know, but it's hard not to. It's hard not to. And, you know, whenever you have people that come to you and go, God, I miss your tri-tip. I really miss your barbecue chicken. I really miss your brisket. Yeah. And it's like. But you don't get to step into that role now. I don't get to. No. So, so y'all are, right now, you're just actors. Actors. That's it. We are actors on the show. That That is our primary job. Interesting. Um, hoping that it rolls to something else. You know, I've yeah. got, you know, some little hints and little feelers that are out there. And if it does, then I might be able to get back to cooking and doing some cool, fun stuff with them. Cool. But the experience of it has been it's been good because I haven't had that type of a rush put things out since I had my restaurant. Mm-hmm. You you forget about timeline. Yeah, when, like you totally forget about that and yeah. ordering and quantity and special requests and allergies. Okay. okay. And diets. That's, a, that's yeah. another line of questioning. While you were cooking before you were in the acting role for this, did they provide you with a this is what a menu and a schedule or did you get to create and and be like no this is what it is and then you take in the sensitivities and the yeah the team created it i wasn't the i wasn't the executive chef of the whole production that belonged to another chef and like the my area of all of that like grilling the vegetables get it grilling all the Mm proteins smoking them all and doing that that was a fluid day in day out kind of a thing and it just it really depended on what got delivered, like what we had. But then... <laughs> Waiting and, on a Cisco truck? Yeah, literally. <laughs> and then it was, you know, we have vegans, we have vegetarians, we have pescatarians, uh-huh. we have um, actors with celiac disease. Oh my goodness. We, yeah, like, yeah, there yeah. are so many different levels. And it's like you meet with their assistants or you're able to have time with them alone and be like... I don't care what you like to eat. I need to know what you don't like and what you cannot like mm-hmm. this. And they all just kind of go, oh, no one like really gets. I'm all, I want the full details, like yeah. everything. And our team was very conscious of yeah. that um, and delivered every single day. And that was two. I mean, three meals a day. Mm-hmm. Like I said, 80 to 150 people every single day, plus the special meals that we yeah. had to have going on. And when you look at people who are working 12 plus hours a day in over 100 degrees, they're exhausted and they're vegans. Huh. 
What yeah. are you going to do? Right. How are you going to give them enough protein? How are you going to give them enough? Oh my gosh. How many beans can they eat? <laughs> how many bean dishes can we make? And it's like, I mean, you just sit there and, you know, it's like, it was great because we did it as authentically as we could. Yeah. Um, we served everything in big, large cast iron Dutch ovens so that they felt like they were at right. camp. You know, we had the red and white checkered tablecloths yeah. and all of that and just and made it made it as campy as we could make it for them so with your background in camping cooking teaching camping and cooking and teaching and and coming up with recipes that work and methods that work that was a lot smaller scale than basically cooking for a small town that is moving and and is very diverse and acting working what takeaways from your previous life <laughs> that is still out there, you know, right. for you to grab hold of the, the campground gourmet. Right. What aspects translated to this experience? I think that the number one always has been is, you know, love people cooking good food. Oh, and okay, yeah. that just, you know, I knew that I wasn't just. <clears throat> excuse me you have to realize I've been offset for two weeks and we have been walking in the Texas tall grass and all of us uh-huh. have these allergies that we've been so excuse the it's it's allergy season all year long anyways in texas but if you're out there and and there's that many people kicking up the dust that's what we've all that's what we've all been doing so excuse me for that but i think you can actually cough up a loaf of bread (laughs) yeah yeah. or snake (laughs) yeah or snake we'll get to (laughs) that we'll get to that (laughs) but i think it's just you know everything that i do teach and everything that i write about it's i'm multiplying that recipe by a hundred and really trying to make it work and really trying to sit there and realize that my prep time isn't an hour. My prep time is four and a half hours of trimming down briskets or breaking down chicken or doing everything. And so you have, I always was on a two to three day ahead of time. Mm -hmm. So the food that I was producing, you know, maybe the grilled vegetables and smoked vegetables, those would be used that day. The leftovers would be turned into like our salsas or other things. So we had to think that far ahead proteins we had to you know think all right so if we grill up 125 whole chicken we're going to break it down and we'll be giving this many at dinner okay well we're going to pull all the chicken so we're going to do like enchiladas the next day yes and we're going to do this and it was just yeah that was a system it became such a huge system but the team that i was working with we would all sit there and we would create the menus together and everybody pulled from one of their specialties of like i'm good with this i'm good with this and i'm good with this and none of it ever really overlapped so there wasn't that like kitchen competition Okay. okay and then we really learned what a lot of the actors and wranglers and everything what they liked really fast i mean within probably the first four or five days it was like okay, we need to not be making this anymore. Right. We need to be making this. Okay. And let's stay with this line until they say something. And, you know, like the suggestion box went out so they could actually put in stuff what they liked. And then we took what they wanted. Right. And turned it into what we could produce okay. on the level. What are, what, are the, what are the more interesting things that the actors, actresses, and, and production crew, what showed up in the suggestion box? It was always steak. They just want steak? Always steak. There was no Even nev- the vegans? It, well. <laughs> I want a pl- poblano steak. Right. And I mean, you know, here, give me a portobello mushroom. It tastes like yeah. a steak. Well, okay. Maybe to you, but Maybe. not to me. Right. But yeah, it always was like, can we just have big cuts of steak? Like, we're dying here. Because of the protein? Because of the protein, yeah. because of everything. And it's like, okay, well, hold on. How are we going to do this? How are we going to do that? Okay, well, that's easy. That like, Forget it. They're not getting steaks. They're getting briskets. Let's make it that way. Okay, yeah. let's smoke up a ton of them. We can do chopped brisket sandwiches one day. We can do brisket tacos for breakfast the next day. We can do, you know, sliced brisket for dinner. We could do brisket enchiladas. We mm-hmm. could like, that's how you start to, oh, well, we can take all the burnt ends and we can chop them up and we can put them in to the charro beans. Okay, fine. Like, this is how we're rolling. I'm going to be so hungry at the end of this. Cake. You know, it came to the point where we were so <laughs> tired and so hungry that we all went back to our roots of, yeah, we're just eating a bowl of cereal. Right. It just didn't. You know, we just, we couldn't. And like, they would be sitting there going, you're having cereal? Well, yeah. like, yeah, we're just done with food. There's something very different in in the, what you're making for them and what you do for yourself. It's, I mean, they're small scale, kind of like what we do as parents. It is. I mean, the great part is, is my children got to eat that food all the time. So it's like, even though I wasn't cooking for them, I was, but it was my team that I was right. a part of. We all did it. So it's, you know, there's that family and that group of individuals, I can say because of the point where I am right now in the production, you know, 
there's and special treatment is such a horrible thing to say, but it's like we know each other. Mm -hmm. We've we have this relationship, this report. Like that's why I can walk by Sam and he's like, hey, Kate, how are you doing? How are the kids doing today? Give me a hug. Yeah. Well, because that's it got established in those two weeks. I mean, when you're feeding them. They pay attention to the cook. Yeah. They know yeah. who you are. And so that got it there. It, you know, the times that I was able to make dinner for Faith and Tim, the times that I was able to help participate and contribute to the meals that were at Taylor Sheridan's home with his wife and, you know, some of the production people. Mm-hmm. It, you get to know them. They get to know you. Mm-hmm. And, you know, sitting around at the ranch where all of us had our RVs or all of like the bloomer trailers were in all these Wranglers, we formed our own little camp where, you know, it's like after a long day, you know, we all kind of like sit around on the tailgates mm-hmm. of our truck, have mm-hmm. a beer, talk, whatever, you know, next thing you know, you have David Glasser going, hey, I've got a couple of bottles of wine. Why don't y'all just come on over to my RV? And so like you're sitting there drinking so, a glass of wine with him and you're like, how is this happening? Yeah, but... You're finding actual that they're all real people. They really are real people. And I've got to say, my kids love David Glasser because he had like the coolest big screens where they could play PlayStation in uh-huh. his motorhome. And there so, you, you know, they were like, hey, we're going over to David's and playing on the. Oh, OK, that's fine. He know, like the doors open. He said, you guys could just roll on that's in and amazing. roll on out. Yeah. But that's the kind of family that we all bonded to mm-hmm. early on. So as and I mean, and they saw me look one way. They knew what Kate looked like when she was working. So when I showed up on set with my kids, they kind of did like a head cock, like, Mm -hmm. why is this girl talking to us? How does she know us? And then it was, oh, right. Wait a minute. You're on the show. Yep. Now I am. Now I am. (laughs) They're like, oh, are you cooking on the show? I'm like, don't think so. And it's the, oh. (laughs) <laughs> okay so let's uh let's carefully because the trailer just went out yeah the trailer, the trailer came just out dropped. on the season four um premiere yeah. of yellowstone and so that means that you still have some some you have to tippy toe a bit i do i can say a lot but the other part there definitely is a non-disclosure uh-huh. that we've all signed and we're not allowed to post things on social media um, that have not been released. Now, since we've seen the trailer, we've actually, you know, frame by frame by frame, I, I have seen myself, I have seen my children on it, so I can... In the trailer. Yeah, in the trailer. <laughs> and so that that was huge. That was a big, you know, because I sat there expecting one thing because mm-hmm. I did see the trailer mm-hmm. over a month ago. Yeah. But what I saw and As- what everybody else saw not the same one because there were new scenes that we had just completed Uh filming that were dropped in there. So it was all over like Christmas again. It was a huge surprise. And, um, you know, it, it just, like I said, I mean, it brings a tear to my eye every single time because I know where my children were. I know I was there and this is something that I get to do with them. Okay. So there are going to be listeners who have no contact with, any of this Yellowstone, right. nothing. Can you take however long you need to, but can you give bring us up to speed what we're talking about as far as a story, as far as a um, a series? I'll I'll meet the two shows together because it's important, and okay. then I'll split off. So Yellowstone is um, a Paramount production takes place in montana the dutton family is the owners of the yellowstone ranch their cattle and horses and that and they have issues and and they have old school values of land and all of that and so for four season well now coming into the fourth season you have become very attached to some of the characters john dutton which is played by kevin costner rip who is cole hauser and then you have kelly who plays beth and you know and so on and so on and so on so you have this family but you've been alluded to the fact that there is a backstory for them of the generations before them like a way back story a way back story and how they came from wherever they came from to montana okay so this this is the prequels this is 1883 bridges the question who are the Duttons? Where have they come from? Why did they end up in Montana? This show will fill that gap for you. Okay. And you'll get to meet the great, great grandfather of Kevin Costner's current 
character. Oh, okay. So you will meet James and Margaret Dutton. They are the matriarch and patriarch Duttons. They have children. You've seen one of them who's Isabel May. You heard her voice talking on the trailer. Um, there is another one, but you know, yeah. I can't really talk about it. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. Um, and then you have Sam Elliott, which you saw in the trailer. There was a Civil War scene. So, you know, he was a Civil War soldier. You've seen him in the trailer where there is a Pinkerton shield on him. But why is he with them? Can't really tell you that. Okay. Either. Okay. So you have these character establishments that are coming. And then you have these wagons and these long wagon trains and who are these people? Well, that's the part where my children and I are part of. There is a core group of immigrant um, background extras, and that's what we're part of. Originally, okay. there were 60 of us, and that's all I can say. I gotcha. Okay. Um, originally, when the very first scenes, which you did see in there, where Billy Bob Thornton was in there, that obviously took place in Fort Worth. Um, there were over 400 extras up there during mm -hmm. that filming. Um, and it's the journey and it goes back to the pioneer days in probably the one of one of the most clearly depicted sagas. And, you know, it like I was telling you earlier, the Dale Evans, the John Wayne, the, like right. Gene Autry, how they had, you know, the Super wagon. stylized, one. classic Western, the maybe class even verging on spaghetti Western era. Kind of in a way. Yeah. And it's, you know, they didn't really show the true trials and tribulations. And unless if you come from a pioneer family that made that trek across America, um, that made the trek in Texas going to wherever they mm -hmm. were to go, I think that there's probably the closest i don't want to say similar parallel or anything but you know kind of in the same like okay maybe was that movie that nicole kidman and tom cruise did um, far and away far and away yeah that how it was pretty rotten you know yeah. that trip there well that makes that look like a day at the spa wow for what we're doing yeah. and it's not lonesome dove and it's not those Westerns. This is a completely different slice in time, slice of history that Taylor really worked hard at depicting the tragedies Honestly, and yeah. what it took to get people through. And if you just think of Texas history alone, mm -hmm. like we were saying, you know, New Braunfels mm -hmm. and, you know, Wahlberg, Schulenburg, all of these places, right. you can kind of guess our immigrant core. I can't really give away right. much, but. Right think about it mm -hmm. and it literally is you have not these these immigrants left their homelands with nothing right nothing but the clothes on their back and then they come to america and maybe they gather up some things for a couple of years or whatever and then they realize that hey there's there's better opportunity or at least they think so they or at least they've so. been told so there it is and there's the promise of you know yeah. there it is someone believed a marketer someone the, the social <laughs> social network marketing at the beginning was back then yeah and you know and it's the they clear out their tents or they clear out their homes or they clear out their cabins and they put them in these wagons and i think the most shocking thing to us is that we have 40 to 50 like i said time period piece wagons these are not replicas these are the real thing these are the real things these are we do have some replicas on there for certain scenes that have to be done and that's all i right. can say but um when you realize honest to god how small they are uh-huh they're that, not big. And the families, like real families of that time period, they could have quite a few kids. Yep. They could have, you know, people coming along. Yeah. Uh, wow. And, and animals, maybe they're bringing a pig with them. I don't know. Right. I mean, you know, it's like they're bringing whatever they can, whatever they think they need for this journey and whatever they think they need to establish themselves in a new area. But, you know, that basic theory of well women and children rode in the wagons no they did not mm -hmm. there was no room mm -hmm. and you can't sit on the buckboard of a wagon because you'll get trampled you'll fall right out of it and you'll get trampled on and so they walked and you're talking little kids yeah i mean and we have children on our show that are like seven all the way up to 18 and as a parent knowing that there were some scenes that we were walking miles during the right. day because to get 40 to 50 wagons in a line to do a scene yeah. took almost two miles 
Oh my gosh. And that's and, land. And we're, we're talking real kids, modern kids put into this situation. Yeah. Trying to figure it out. And they don't have a They don't have enough PE in school. That's all I can say. Yeah, because they can do it. Because, hey, <laughs> my kids walked like 10 miles one day. Like, okay, we need to up our PE in school. Right. <laughs> like, right. We just do. Totally. But it's that when you, if you can go to the trailer, it's on YouTube. You can find it. 1883 trailer. Mm-hmm. And pause. When you see those wagon scenes, realize there is just as much behind the end of that line as there is in front, as there is to the side. It is a huge yeah. area of land that we are rolling these wagons, right. these horses, these cattle, the all the extras, all the cameramen, the drones and everything. And it's a production. The extent that you mentioned to me before that they are trying to do this real and right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, just some examples. You mentioned that the, the, the wagons. The wagons. They're real. The, they're real. We have actual first calf tack like from the 1800s that are on some of the horses. Now, some of our listeners may not know what tack is. Um, so all the harnesses and the bridles and things. Um, right. The saddles are all time period. They are all uh-huh. authentic to its time. Um, not in look, but in actual, this leather is from. There then. are some that are yeah. actual. There are some that are remakes to okay. it, but the style of it, absolutely. Uh-huh. Um, and the fact that we're not on a set. Mm-hmm. Our set is, you know, a couple thousand acre ranches that we go to and we set up base camp and that's where all the trailers are and that's where everything is. Mm-hmm. And then we take vans and we drive down to set right. wherever it is along a river, in a field, you know, on a dirt road, in a hill, somewhere in flatland, right. in grass that's up to our waist. You know, we've got snake wranglers. We have snake wranglers that go around and it. clear the fields and yeah. do all of their job to keep us as safe as they can. Because, yeah, I mean, we're dealing with copperheads and water moccasins and rattlesnakes right. daily. Oh, my gosh. Right. <laughs> so so on a production like this, you know, a lot of people, they they and maybe in some ways, rightfully so, will say, you know, they're just actors. They don't, you know, acting a script and all that. But on production like this, by now, they actually probably have a such a real sense of the life and the conditions compared to what we would estimate and dream up or even reenactors that go that have i'm not going to put reenactment people down okay there were there were over 400 of them in that civil war scene they were real reenactment civil war soldiers that came in in their Mm -hmm. uniforms that had all of their weapons that had everything because that's what they do day in day out and even they were like oh my lord exactly so that's what i'm coming to whoa this is tough this is really hard and i think i'll put it into this perspective think of the hottest day you have here wherever you are think of Mm -hmm. that one day where you just went man that nearly killed me Mm -hmm. I want you to imagine that you're in a full wool jacket buttoned up. Mm-hmm. And for us ladies, full wool skirts Pet, yeah, petticoats with petticoats yeah. underneath. We are layered up. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I don't know how they did it. There is yeah. no way I would survive. None. Because, yeah. you are I mean, we're used to, oh, I just want a glass of water. You I'm just going to go back in to and your go airstream at the end of a day. Oh, the AC is yeah. like the best thing in the world I've ever seen yeah. in my life. Where's Running water, drinkable water, mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. you realize that these men, women, children, livestock, they would walk miles a day in hopes that the next place they'd get to had water. Mm-hmm. They ran out of food. Yeah. You couldn't cut away your cattle because that was your hope for your future. Right. Right. Oh, my God. You're walking into territory that, you know, indigenous people are on. Right. Well, what's going to happen? Mm-hmm. You're invading their land. You're at war with them anyways. Mm-hmm. They have every right to take you out. Yeah. Every right. And I think that that's the one thing that if you don't, if you haven't really understood, Taylor Sheridan does such an amazing job at depicting Native Americans, indigenous tribes, everything. He does everything in his power with productions that he has done before to bring their peril, bring their story, bring right. their injustice don't to let, light. Yeah, don't let them be a cartoon. No, I mean... Or if, a foil. And, right, and if you look at Yellowstone, it's a clear depiction of him and what he believes in and how he believes that the nations need to get what they are owed and their time and all of that. And for us, being on the show... A lot of the times it's first experience for us. Mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. because it was glossed over in school in history. Yeah, it really was. And so you're learning about that. And, you know, you can form whatever theory you want and whatever belief you want to in it. But on our show, it's interesting. Letting people actually speak for themselves yeah. in the way that they act and, right. and inform the viewer. And in this show, it's not necessarily the woman is just the cook. Women had to be tough on this journey, too, because, well, if her husband died because he got crushed by a wagon or, you know, whatever, Mm -hmm. they were the head of their family on this drive and they had to get themselves and their children there and they had to do everything it took. There's no click in your heels. No, you're still on this. You're still on this. And just because your partner might be, I mean, you know, children died on this. Wives died on this. Husbands Mm -hmm. died on this on these journeys. And that's why, like, there's those little bitty tiny cemeteries in a cluster in one area between here and Montana, because that really happened. And we are part of a production that is giving it its just dues. And like the best way that we explain this show, not only is it the prequel to Yellowstone, but it literally is the Oregon Trail Mm-hmm. meets Game of Thrones and they had a Western baby and here it is. Wow. Like, I mean, I think it's so <laughs> a funny. A baby named dysentery. A baby named dysentery. And it's like, you know, you don't see happiness. You don't see joy. You don't see smiles. Mm-hmm. It's very rare that you do. I mean, it is like very, very rare. So you, this is some some deep this drama. This is deep stuff where it's, after some yeah. scenes, we all take an extra 10 or 15 minutes because of mm-hmm. what... We've had to get into character too, mm-hmm. because of whatever has happened, mm-hmm. and all of that, or what our environment is providing us to literally be scared about. I mean, yeah. there's nothing more terrifying than a night shoot on the Brazos River, and you got water moccasins rolling right by you. Ooh, like yeah. it did. It, it, yeah. it, it, yep. It'll make you just. You, you learn how tough you are. You learn where you go. No, thank you. Can I ask, how are your, what are your kids getting out of this that you can speak to? Because uh, yeah. they're not here on the microphone. So it, maybe I'll need to do that someday. But <laughs> they can um, tell you their experiences. Yeah, exactly. from, from, <laughs> from your perspective, what are your kids getting out of this experience of you? You took this opportunity to load up in your Airstream, the three of you, right. and take this on. And the, the first thing, the cooking part. They were supposed to go back to school in three days of your return. And now you've actually found yourself camping still in your airstream but all over and and acting cameras production famous actors and all that what, what's and none of us with acting experience so what's 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 the experience what's the takeaway for them that you can speak to i can speak to let's go back um let's briefly go back a year in time i lost my husband mm-hmm. he passed away and mm-hmm. so this year of this adjustment has been very emotional for my children mm-hmm. And this opportunity has kept me with them 24-7 a little longer. Yes. Yeah. And that was part of my drive of why we're going to do this show. I still want to keep you under my wings. I still think that there's just, we still got to work through some stuff. Well, there's nothing like working through some stuff when you put them on a television show about death. All right. Yeah. They have to face stuff that they have not faced. Yeah. Stuff that they have shelved and put away. Mm-hmm. And... It's not to say that I, you know, I knew this was going to happen. So, of course, I put them in it. So they would get, no, that's not it at all. Opportunity comes and you have a moment with it. There was, and there was one moment, and I can say this. um, There was a scene that we were in and it was highly emotional. And it happened to be with one of the primary actors. And my daughter had just, I mean, she was supposed to be acting sad. She was supposed to be acting scared. She was supposed to cry if she could. It's never forced. It's like, if that's a natural emotion that's coming out during this, let it happen. That's mm-hmm. why let the camera capture it. And she really was crying. Yeah. And she really couldn't stop. Yeah. And it was like the year of not addressing the elephant in the room of her dad being gone. Oh, my Lord, it's happening right now on a television set. And I was able to pull her away and her brother away and just, you know, like, I need an extra 10 minutes. My kid's falling apart. And the amount of care and concern, because damn near everybody on that set knows that I am a fresh widow and all that. And the amount of love and support Mm -hmm. that was given Mm -hmm. and that primary actor came on over and just put their arms around Paige and just, you know, gave that hug and held her and let her have that moment. And looked at her and with that, it's okay. Yeah. 
we all feel this when we lose people we love. Mm-hmm. We all do. Yeah. And it that alone, this was the right choice. That moment, the stress, the strain, the exhaustion, the sunburn, the chaotic hours, none of it mattered anymore. Yeah. Because we were supposed to be where we were supposed to wow. be. Wow. Wow. And it makes my children see a different lifestyle. My children have never been interested in filming, acting, mm-hmm. prop work, set work, animal work. Yeah. None of that. My daughter is starting to make short, you know, movies and trailers on her own. My son is doing much more research into animals and what being a veterinarian is about uh-huh. and looking at costuming uh-huh. and seeing like all. And I think that the great spectrum for them to see is that there are male and female role models in every single right. category of the show so my children are seeing oh no this isn't costuming just right. isn't for women there's a lot of men in there oh yeah. props work isn't just for men there's a lot of women there. oh the wranglers there's a lot of women on our show right, right. that are wranglers as well as mm-hmm. men so they're seeing a different perspective of life that they never would have had if they weren't already right. with a casting agency in acting lessons already going that route right. they've been given a complete 180 spin yeah and as a parent you want your child to have so many experiences that leads them open to, well, one day, you never know. Yeah. Maybe my daughter will be a producer. Maybe my son will be a costumer. Maybe he'll be a veterinarian with equine. You know, Like, who knows? Well, I mean, and to have a production of this size and magnitude, they're actually seeing lots of different occupations come together to make a bigger thing happen. And understanding that a lot of these people live in trailers. Mm-hmm. They roll production to production, to mm-hmm. production. So setting up camp at campgrounds that are near where we're filming, we all form that camping community. And you're like, hey, oh, I know you were going to be on set for like, you're going to be at the distance set. I saw that you left your water, you know, turned mm-hmm. on. I went and turned it off for you. Yeah. You know, like, the, like sure. you think about those basic campground. You're not so things. disconnected as a lot of people no would think. no and it's like oh my god i ran out of propane hey i've got a full propane tank and i just can't get in you know like you can take one of mine mm-hmm. have a hot shower make yourself some food like that yeah. community of sharing that all of us in the camping arena literally we take care of our family yeah whether you know them or not at the campground we're right there with each other and that's how the backside and the offshoot sides of this production is I'm still at the core of my camping community. We're just all on a TV show with right, each other. Right, right. How are how are your kids doing school right now? They are doing um they're doing homeschooling, remote schooling, okay. and it's specifically geared up for children who are actors. Oh. So of course there'd be an option like that. Of course, of course. there is. And you know, believe it or not, the school's here in Round Rock. Which is really kind of crazy. There is an option here because we do a lot of filming here in Round Rock and a lot of productions roll through here in Fort Worth. So Mm -hmm. this is the establishment and they work through it. But it's a work at their own pace Um, when there are tutors on set. So there has to be because under 18s, there's many rules for children on TV, which is nice. I mean, you know, my kids get an easy eight nine hour day i get like a 12 14 yeah you know yeah, like yeah, oh yeah. if i could only be 17 and just get off right now and go back to the trailer mm-hmm. and take a shower but um the hard part is is that we don't have internet or cell connection when we're on set because we're so remote there's not i mean we're on yeah. a couple thousand acre ranches and Oh, it almost becomes like an old school correspondence course at that point. Right. I mean, like news to us comes a day later, because by the time that you get back to our trailers, we do not want to be sitting there. No. We just are like, give us some food, give us a hot shower and we got to go to bed because we got to wake up at four o'clock in the morning. Right. Right. You know, but so they do that. And whenever we get back to the campgrounds, that's like they can do their work while they're doing their homework time. And then it's get back to the campgrounds so they can upload everything Mm -hmm. and do it that Mm -hmm. way. So but I mean, they are right on core with their school where they're supposed to be. So it's good. I mean, I never knew the option was there. And now that I know it's there, if a future endeavor that I'm I'm hoping on pays off. I know that my children still have school and you know, in the world of COVID we learned remote school happens and more schools are catering to that option. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. the acting community is like, we've been doing this for 20 plus years, people. Like, come on, you should have come to us first. We know how to do it. Yeah. Wow. That's what they've learned. And, 
you know, their teachers ask them questions and they're able to give some information. But, you know, biology class with animals is going to take on a whole new perspective with my children, I think. Yeah. Yeah. They're getting a real deal. It's not the book. It's, right. it's the we're with it. If if I could go down a slightly different path, is this inspiring your some of your next cooking ideas your next recipes are are you are you cataloging some of this and going i've learned a few tricks i've got a few things up. i have and sitting there in actually the the regional food mm-hmm. the the immigrants that came over i've started researching more okay of their diet of what it was i've definitely realized that you know seasonal cooking Uh uh-huh those victory gardens those Uh things like that these are things that i believe now we all should have even if it's just a flower container with a couple heads of lettuce in it um going back to that time and the value of stretching a meal yeah making one that turns into another one yeah that's something that i'm starting to think about going all right well if i do this grilling recipe i i could turn it where it could turn to this so that could be like a two-part blog entry or a two-part something um really looking at the fact of how much prepackaged food there is and like you can you can pretty much get rid of it if you're creative if you're willing to put in the prep time Mm -hmm. if you're willing to put in the work and if you're not fine it doesn't matter make it however you need to make it so it's you know amenable for your family i feel that people my my trajectory on where i want to roll with my food is definitely going to be more of that family coming to the table love it because honestly being on this show losing my husband your friends and your family are who support you. Yeah. Your friends and your family will carry you through hell. And mm-hmm. this is what this show is showing us. It doesn't matter where you came from. We're all we have. Yes. Yeah. And I think that in a way, COVID taught us that too. Right. You were making food for your neighbors. I mm-hmm. was making food for my neighbors. Mm-hmm. And I think that we're kind of losing a little bit of that right now. Right. And we need to. I think we need to bring it back together. I think we need to remember that sharing yeah. is the best way. And I think that's where my food direction is going to go more towards. I think I got your title. Which one? Cooking like it's 1883. Oh, God. <laughs> 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 yeah, there was a lot of like salted meat. And I mean, the food that we're putting on here. And the horrible thing is, is like you realize you're going through. It's not just like one and done. Uh, you're doing this scene. And let me take it from the perspective when you see this show, we have a wide angle shot, which is the whole big, right. you know, whole right. big salad bowl. Absolutely. And yeah. then we bring it into like the lettuce mm-hmm. and then we bring it in to the carrots yeah. and then we bring it into the tomatoes and then we bring it into the croutons and then we bring it into the salad dressing. Right. So you have all these multiple shots that are coming in closer and closer and closer and closer and closer. So if you're eating food, say prosciutto that we're mocking for like salted pork you're eating it for like eight hours. Oh, geez. And let me tell you, <laughs> you kind of have enough by like take three. And you're like. Your body's not revolting. <laughs> possibly, yes. Yeah. Back to the dysentery. <laughs> right. We're going back to those days. But it's like, you know, imagine like some of the people on the set, they had to eat borscht for eight hours. Ooh. Some of the people had to eat cheese mm-hmm. for eight hours yeah and it's like that'll mess you up for a few days it's just like <laughs> you have to sit there and it's like you can't fake it yeah i mean you can fake it by putting it in your mouth and chewing everything and then finally when they yell cut like okay you can spit it out yeah you're still getting some of that in you and it's like i haven't looked at prosciutto in six weeks yeah. and that would be something that was a staple with me <laughs> no i just can't look at it uh, i'm done with that so done. um in that time period if we were really not not cinematically but really there how much accidental sauerkraut do you think was eaten (laughs) hmm let me see i mean i know that there wasn't a lot of food mm -hmm. i know there wasn't and i know that they were picking berries along the rivers right i know that they were looking at certain things going oh i hope it's safe yeah and eating it um, I know that when they did have food, it was always shared. Mm-hmm. At least this is our depiction of it. I'm certain that there probably was time where it's like, no, this is mine. You don't like, right. no. But, you know, 
that community again that comes together and the value of how important a meal is when you're getting possibly only one meal a day. Yeah. Maybe you might not eat for two or three days. So that's that's one thing is, is I think we romanticize how all these quote unquote simpler times. <sighs> but that's what we romanticize is simpler times with enough. We don't right. romanticize simpler times with scarcity. Right. I mean, and, you know, it's like like I was saying earlier, we just have to go to the tap and turn on the water. Mm-hmm. Imagine walking three or four days with no water mm-hmm. and you're in 106 degrees mm-hmm. in North Texas, in yeah. the dust, yep. in yep. the dirt. Oh, you see a river. Thank God. Water. It's not moving, though. Yeah. And you don't know to boil it first. <sighs> I mean, that's that's general. Right. That's general thought pattern. Yeah. Oh, there's a cow that's dead that you roll up upon well there aren't that many maggots on it right okay and, and cooking conventions safety conventions nothing's been established yeah you know birds uh-huh. anything that you can get well are you and then there's the other side of well you know all they had to do was shoot the wildlife and well are you going to waste your ammunition waste ammo. because you're going into territory where you are the hunted yeah yep you got to be careful like that that strategic priority what is the most important thing shelter and water is the most yeah. important thing you can live with water see what you described is not simpler times no it's not and knowing that you know all of the issues that came along what happens when your child is sick what happens when a man has a, a wagon has rolled over their toes and they're missing mm-hmm. is he a survivor Oh, what happens if it's just too hard and you leave people behind? Mm-hmm. Oh, they're causing too many commotions in the camp. We're going to burn their wagon so they don't come along. <laughs> you got to police yourself. Yeah. Wow. And it's like it's all it's all of these things that none of us really have ever had the opportunity to dive into and think about. And that's where like, I mean, Louis L'Amour, you know, all like, all of those writers and everything that they experienced expressed this they they showed us this but we take it as oh it's just a story yeah no i mean go back and really read laura ingalls wilder really read little house on the prairie yeah it's not all fun and games you're right tv show made it okay yeah i mean they had clean clothes we're talking people who are walking in one set of clothes for months yeah months yeah you show up in snow and you don't have a jacket because oh yeah you had to use it to patch the canvas wagon because it's protecting the only thing you have that's the setup that's Mm. that's the setup for this show it's going to rip into you especially anybody who still has the oral history of their family who made these journeys so i'm guessing it's 10 out of 10 would jump at this opportunity again. Absolutely. 100%. Yeah. I hope to jump on future ones. Good. And my children are in it too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We now know what it takes. We know what it takes to work on the road, to live out of a trailer, to take our important camping knowledge, especially the care and maintenance that now I'm responsible right. for on my trailer because there is no remote RV person to yeah. come and fix it. So, so that's I'm, a whole nother. They're 14? They're 14. Oh my gosh. Two more years. Right. And they're going to have to have their own separate teardrops to follow you around. I know. I'm going to have to find like another truck because Paige alone. I mean, you know, the girl who uses too much shampoo and conditioner. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Are you taking your big truck? Yeah. That's what you're hauling with? Yep. Are we Are we able to say what you're rocking yeah, as a tow vehicle, have, because I, y'all listen to me. Some of y'all are going to think this is obnoxious. Some of y'all are going to think this is bad. It, I, I, uh, I'm the proud owner of an F two fifty Super Duty, um, Black Ops edition truck. It's one. It's the big special edition truck that they did for the military, um, and Ford and Tuscany Motors, who did all the retrofitting afterwards. They donated a very large amount of money to the wounded warriors project and knowing that my husband was a veteran there was like no question in my mind but it's a big truck it's a yeah. huge truck you can see it on you can see it on my instagram page kate no, dunbar it's chef not, it's, it's you there. can see it from space y'all yeah that's true <laughs> yeah there were a couple of your guys when i pulled up in they were like whoa what yeah. and you know so i mean and i've got to say you know you have a truck that can tow almost twenty thousand pounds and by like 
six, seven thousand, well, seven thousand pound airstream is like nothing. <laughs> nothing. No. It's, so I mean, I definitely am a proponent of buy a bigger truck for whatever trailer you're buy going to more buy. Tow vehicle. More tow vehicle because it's safer. We have been Gosh, in tornado it. alley. We have been in rain and hail. We've been in bad road conditions, and I mm-hmm. really that's something that I have said for the past seven years now. You don't buy a truck that just tows your trailer. You buy a truck that would tow your next trailer that's going to be bigger. That's going to be that because you want the transmission. You want the brake system. You want the longevity of something. And you want the main the main part is you want the safety of it. Yeah. And this is something that people come in and they're like, well, my such and such tow this. And you're like, yeah, just barely. And 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 that's not even with stuff in it. Yeah. And I want to say, guys. Don't think that way. Mm-mm. Buy too much truck, too mm-hmm. much tow vehicle, or buy significantly too little. Right. Like buy the because smaller trailer than the than the because if you're not willing to do the full package, yeah. you need to, especially today with. And I have to say, I got in one of the caravans when we were driving from one location to the other, and we're talking semi trucks and horse trailers, and yeah, fifth wheels and toy haulers, and you know pull-alongs like mine and all of that you get all of us going in or line you have some crazy people on the road trying to dodge in and out of us right you want a bigger truck yeah because something's going to happen absolutely and you want to be the one that survives that mm-hmm. situation mm-hmm. and you need the safety with you and if your vehicle can just barely <clears throat> do it then you're missing a huge chunk of the experience because you won't get to Colorado it's not just the destination it's the journey folks yep. and your tow vehicle will make or break that journey right because you do not want to be broken down on the side of the road no. in El Paso in August so, no that's there's so much truth in that y'all. <laughs> so much truth in that there's so much but I mean you also don't want to be broken down in the Eisenhower tunnel mm, mm, nope going up yep and then backwards and then back, backwards <laughs> and going down I mean you don't you don't want to do that and you yeah. You need to, as always, your health, wellness, and safety is number one, not what your trailer yeah. interior looks like. And if you set yourself up, some that peace way. of mind goes a long ways. Yeah. I mean, otherwise, you're going to have an 1883 moment in the modern age. Yeah, you're going to have a covered wagon with a broken wheel, and yeah. you're going to be on the side of the road, and everybody's oh, not even looking back at you because you don't even matter anymore. Yeah. You were left behind. Yeah. All right. The um, the trailer for 1883 just dropped. When do people need to have themselves in front of the TV? You need to have yourselves in front of, actually, it's on Paramount Plus on that app. On streaming. So okay. it will be a streaming and it drops December 19th. And a lot of people are getting a little confused about that. And, oh, well, I don't, how, what do you mean? I don't want to watch it on my tablet. I, I don't know. Mm, let me, because I've had to explain it ah, for some education. of my family members. So here you go. If you have a tablet, all you need to do is download the Paramount Plus app. Hold off until like December 15th. Then subscribe. It's a monthly subscription, so you can cancel anytime. I think it's like seven or eight dollars a okay. month. Okay. It's, it's what it's most not, of the streaming it's, services. Right, it's most of the streaming sure. services. On your television, you have an HDMI cable that usually goes into either your direct TV or whatever right. box. Right. You're going to unplug that from that box. You're going to plug it into your adapter for your iPad that has a USB or you know right. for your Android or whatever. Mm-hmm. You're just gonna hook it into that, and then the sh- you're gonna open up the app on December 19th, and that's how you're gonna watch the show on your television that's also how you can watch your netflix and all that stuff in your trailer it's just that hdmi cable you need that adapter you just need the adapter it's like a 12 dollar piece or less Mm -hmm. and that's how you can stream in your trailer that is the simplest form of how to do it pj's gonna be so happy because she always wants some technical something and all it is just take that (laughs) hdmi cable out and pop it right on in or get an additional one that goes into your trailer so you always have one and you can just put an adapter in your trailer that's already cooked into that line so you yeah. know that there you go it's i'm done. gonna see if i can find paul somewhere and see if he can put a, an option or two in the show notes it would be adapters. great i mean it's one of the easiest things and just ever i don't want another streaming thing i don't want another stream i i understand but you that. have a phone you have yeah. an HDMI cable already. You've got it. You need a little go-between. It's just easy. <laughs> yeah. It's so easy, and it opens up the world to you. And just mm-hmm. think, you can be sitting there doing business in your trailer on your iPad, but yet, if you've got a good-sized TV in your trailer, oh, look, you now have a second monitor. Yeah. You can, you know, and 
that's like I've been editing images in my Airstream Mm -hmm. on our TV through that connection that I have. So, you know, I'm still camping. I'm still doing my job. I'm still doing some things. And, you know, my still doing Kate Dunbar. I'm still doing, you know, the Kate Dunbar. What is she doing next? Yeah. I mean, and that's literally what everybody is going. Mm -hmm. She's doing what? What? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You know. I uh, I am so thankful that we were able to line up. I did. I wasn't aware. Of, you know, I texted you or what? I messaged yep. you, and I was like, I don't know where you are. I don't know if you're on set. I don't Can't know. Tell you. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know what's going on. But if you're around, I need I need someone to come in to talk yep. to because I don't have any. Just so happens I got help. a two week break. So, Fantastic. You know, it worked out. Thank you for always being available to us. And I everyone, it. I do want you to check this out when it, when this gets going. Um, you know, see what Kate's been working on. Yeah. It's at, it's out mid-December on the... Uh, December 19th on the Paramount, Paramount Plus. I wanted to say Paramount, and I was like, man, he's not Paramount. Paramount Plus. Yellowstone yeah. is on Paramount, okay. and um, 1883 will be on Paramount Plus. Okay. All right. There you go. And just thank you as always. I was glad to come on in and give a few little tidbits Yay. and some stuff. and have me come back after december and i'll be able to tell you a lot yes more. okay yeah we'll, we'll make it happen all right everyone thank you again for joining us for this episode of the rv small talk podcast um i will have pj and Lindsay back i i i assure you that as much as i can um they, i don't know they're at the rvda in las vegas and they may have I fun be there yeah so um until then, check out the show notes at rvsmalltalk.com. Join in the conversation in our community, RV Small Talk Community Group on Facebook. Send us questions to questions at rvsmalltalk.com. And uh, I don't know anything else, so I'm just going to close it here. Bye, everybody. <laughs>